Hey, before we dive in, I just want to talk to you about something. You know, I hired an intern during this pandemic, and it was really hard to find a quality intern. I had to talk to a ton of different schools. I had to apply to all these different programs. Each school has a different program that you have to apply for. I had to interview a ton of candidates. It was really hard. And eventually, I found a great intern. Shout out to Kaylee Raglan, who's been crushing it for me. But look, listen to me. ZipRecruiter makes the task of recruitment a lot easier easier. First of all, they send your job to over a hundred of the web's leading job sites, which I I didn't even know there were a hundred, but listen to me, this is all true. And they don't stop there. With the power of matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply for your job. ZipRecruiter makes hiring efficient and effective with features like screening questions to filter candidates and all-in-one dashboard where you can review and rate your candidates. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. So listen to me, if you're looking to hire someone in this hard time, don't waste your time recruiting people. Go to ZipRecruiter.com and get the job done there. Okay, I'm done talking. I've talked long enough. Let's dive in. Here we go. The Zach Kuhn Show. Episode 36, Adam Paul. He is the CEO of production company Seven Cinematics. He is also the first Emmy winner that we've had on the show, so there's also that. By the way, he's won it three times, but that's not what's important here. What's important here is that Adam, well, he's, he's pretty much a badass. When the Red Hot Chili Peppers play the first concert ever in front of the pyramids in Egypt, they call Adam Paul. When Jimmy Buffett is planning a live stream, or Machine Gun Kelly is planning an album release. These acts are all calling Adam to plot this out and execute these things flawlessly. Listen to me, this is this is a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun this episode. We get a little technical, and I think you're gonna walk away with a little bit of a better understanding and a little bit of a deeper appreciation of live music footage. And yeah, I mean, this is a great thing. Okay, I've talked way too long. I don't want to give anything away. Let's just dive in. Here we go. Episode 36, Adam Paul. Here we go. So let me ask you this, because I, I kind of just want to dive right into this. Yeah. The Red Hot Chili Peppers at the Pyramids. Yeah. Who, who give, how, how does that come together? Do, do you pitch that idea? Do they come to you saying, we've got this crazy thing we want to do? How do you get pulled so, into that? I was, uh... I can tell you the exact moment in the exact second. So we we were in um, Nashville and I was shooting my first show at the Ryman uh, with Green Sky Bluegrass. And I was so proud and excited to be shooting the show at the Ryman. And, you know, listen, we've done a lot of cool stuff at this point, big shows, you know, unbelievable, you know, kind of, uh, you know, gigs and, um, this guy, Brad Serling from Nugs, uh, great dude, kind of innovator in this whole space, um, you know, big deadhead. Uh, I always like getting the phone calls from Brad because I know it's something sick, you know, like it's always something cool. And so we're, I'm sitting in the parking lot of the Hampton Inn in Nashville over near, uh, the, over near uh, Vanderbilt. And I'm like, dude, Brad's calling. I better pick this up. And there's like two cops across the street on the road and, and I 
I'll, pre I'll pre preface that uh, in a minute why it's important. But uh, he picks up and he's like, dude, he's like breathing heavy. He's like, dude, you're not going to believe this. And I'm like, what is it? What is it? He's like, chili peppers, great pyramids. Are you in? And I'm like, before he could say it, I'm like, yes, absolutely. I'm in like, fuck yes. I'm in like, this is sick. And, um, so, uh, yeah, so that's, that's literally. And so I remember consciously getting off of that phone call. Uh, Ben, uh, one of my vice presidents was standing next to me. He's like, dude, what? He's like, what? Like, what is and I'm like, uh, but, yeah, yeah, uh, uh, pyramids, chili peppers, like think it's going to happen. It's already like close to being green lit. And out, and then we like five seconds later, I was like, dude, if I walked over to that police officer right there and was like, Hey dude, guess what I'm doing? I'm, I'm going to film the great red hot chili peppers at the great pyramids in like three weeks. He'd be like, you're drunk. You need to go to jail right now. <laughs> you know, he'd be like, nah, I don't believe that you're, you've lost your mind. You've clearly uh, had enough and uh, it's time for you to come with me. But that is literally how it happened. And, um, and it was, it was three weeks out. That was the timeline or was so, that what we were uh, just saying that number? Actually at that moment, it was, uh, it was five weeks out. We closed the deal with 28 days to go. And I put the entire thing together. Um, logistically from the broadcast side halfway around the world in 28 days i had to get the united states homeland security the egypt homeland security um i had to get everything cleared they were a non-carnet country we took all the cameras um in oh excuse me we could take every bolt and nut of the camera and lens but we couldn't actually take the brain of the camera because they considered it spy equipment and so we had to take all of the pieces, rent every camera in the entire middle, red camera in the entire Middle East, and go in there and uh, rebuild them on site in the middle of the desert and uh, get all this equipment halfway around the world, not knowing anything. But yeah, we pulled it off in um, 28 days. We were on the ground in uh, Egypt filming the world's first live broadcast and first drone from the pyramids. And it's not at light and sound where the dead played, which is like on the city side. This was legitimately in the middle of the desert. There was a concrete pad and that was it. There's no power. There's no nothing. It was just, here you go. You're in the middle of the desert. So, okay. I've got like a million questions about this. Yeah, of course. So <laughs> Me too. Still, I still, I, I still think I died on a home remodel shoot like 20 years ago and none of this stuff is real. So. None of this stuff is real. So wait, so when you're going to get, so Egypt was promoting the show, like their culture, their Correct. tourism, they were promoting the event. Which helped immensely because it, it, uh, a company called Travico, um, I had my, uh, it, it, you know, uh, Ziad was my uh, fixer over there and he's a lifelong buddy now. Like we, we still, you know, text each other and email each other and, and WhatsApp each other all the time. He will, you know, um, you know, uh, he's just the best. We, um, uh, you know, over there, it, 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 they, they, the government has to be fully on board for you to get anything done, you know? And so, it was like it's like a big travel company and lots of influential people and um, lots of military people and pomp and circumstances and machine guns and all that. 
yeah, they ultimately wanted it to happen for their, um, uh, you know, part of the, um, uh, you know, the, 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 the tourism and kind of all that kind of stuff and open it up. And then of course COVID hit and shut it all back down. Right. And then was the U S side, was it hard to work with them to convince you to go over or did, was it pretty streamlined? No, you know, it would, amazingly enough and politics aside, it has nothing to do with anybody's my luckily my state representative in North Carolina is Tom Phyllis, who was the head of the Homeland Security. So I could literally go to his office like, you know, three miles from here and sit down with his, his chief of staff or whatever and tell them what was going on. So just by pure, uh, you know, uh, the the geography of him luckily being my guy you were the guy for the job it would it would it like it, it helped immensely and you know it just it just helped them like stamping off on things with um the 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 customs and yes they're going and yes we know where you're going to be here and we yes we know where to 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 shovel your body if you die over there and that kind of stuff you know so, I mean, I love the scene in the Martin Scorsese Rolling Stones uh, concert film at the Beacon, at the Beacon Theater, yeah. where just before they start, he's begging the Stones for a set list. And just before they start, someone runs in and says, we got the set list. And he says, go, and the concert kicks off. So, okay, yeah. you're filming the Chili Peppers at the Pyramids, huge concert. You cannot fuck this up. How early do you get in with the band? Are you shooting? Is the concert the first time you're seeing the band play? Like, were you doing run-throughs? Like, like, what does that look like? It was, it was, it was, it was so much more than not that I that that Marty is not a god to me, you know, <laughs> like he's the guy. But th this was uh, so much more fucked up than that. It like <laughs> it's so much more it, like levels of intensity that no one you know literally we land three days before the show luckily George Elizondo and, and, and Shane Shane Watson Wado who now work with me almost full-time uh, their touring director and their engineer he directed the show I show ran the entire thing put the creative together the 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 show the 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 that part there was lighting there was you know all these part pieces of the puzzle that had to come together i just kind of glued together the, the the broadcast and got it all there um no we had none of us had met none of us had done anything none of us had um it, we didn't know if any was going to work and and so we got in we got there we had like a day to like maybe come to grips with being in a different world in a different place with the pyramids. And then um, we go over and it's like, take a bus in at seven o'clock in the morning and drop you off in the middle of the desert. And there was just like, there's like this raw structure there nothing. And so we did like 20, I think it was a 23 hour day. And I've never been like, like dirty, like dusty, dirty, like wearing the full, you know, uh, you know, you know, coverings and 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 like the, sh the it, it was just whack and so we get through that night and then i'll tell you so here's the fucking here's the moment so we're like building up um it's me and narcy and narcy's their touring uh tour manager one of the just just the, the in this industry 
he is the biggest badass on touring production on the face of the planet. In my opinion, Narcy is is he's just he's he's the he's the SEAL team six of 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 that. And so we've got like the A team there. So we've got um we're shooting 6K red cameras, the best cameras in the world, best class in the world. How many there. cameras total? Uh, we ended up with, uh, we shot nine, uh, nine cameras there, including a jib and steady cam and, and all kinds of stuff we checked on the wall. So um, none of us had lit the pyramids. So like the pyramids, if you haven't been, there's no explaining how big they are. Okay. There's, it's just not even a, there's not even something closely remotely similar to what they are and their statue and what, what the stature and what they are. So it's like, okay, we see on this, this thing on the schedule, it says light the pyramids, eight o'clock check lighting check to see if it's enough light for this broadcast. So we're just going, 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 going. I hit the, the hear the radio. It's like, guys, it's kind of getting light. We're going to fire. We're going to light up the pyramids and they're not lit. They're not. They're they're lit from one side, like a little bit for like the city to see. Other than that, they're not lit. That's all movies and stuff that have come in and done that. So there are 70, 70, uh, 20,000 K uh, HMI lights lighting it. 70. Okay. And they're the size, each one's the size of a GW bus. So it's like, all right, fire them up. We fire them up and it's like this biggest, like, wah, wah, wah. And we're like, are they all on? And we're like, uh, yeah, they're all on. And it's like, oh, fuck. Like, dude, what the hell are we going to do? Like, we're at the pyramids. We don't have, we don't have a show. If we don't have the pyramids, like this whole, it's all predicated on the pyramids being lit up in the background. So, it was not me on this, but Narsi and the Egyptian guy, um, um, having a brain fart on his name, uh, but the dude's so insane. He was, he's like an EDM producer, but he's, he's big. He's got pull everywhere. He's like, okay, we're going to make this fucking happen. So we literally, he got on the phone and got another 120,000 Kelvin lights from everywhere. He had people coming in on freaking donkey back, pulling these damn things in. And so literally the, the night of the show until it got dark, we had no idea if it was going to be light enough. And it's like the show's happening. It's like, Oh shit, is this going to work? And we like, and light them up. And we still probably could have used a few more, like the, 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 the ripples in it, like suck the light, but we had 170, 20 K lights. Um, sorry. Uh, 170 20k lights um, to light the uh, the pyramids and it, it worked so it was like you know up until in in, in the moment was uh, and I know I'm being wordy here but so this this is the moment where it was like the ultimate drug for for people that are in the, the production industry yeah do live events for a living that live and die for this moment of the holy shit, is this going to work? Fuck it. Let's throw it all on the line and let's go. LFG is one of my favorite uh, sayings. And so it was all the cameras are up. Lighting was up. Audio was up. 
satellite was up. That's another story, uh, how we got satellite signal. Satellite was up, everything was tested, everything was a go, this. And I remember finally taking a moment to myself and I cracked open a Diet Coke and kind of walked away from the building. They built us like a little shed to produce a show out of them. Took a sip of the Diet Coke and looked around. I was like, holy shit, where am I? How in the hell did I get here? And on every single ridge, and it was like, you know, security, ISIS was a big thing at that time. Security was still pretty rough. On every ridge in the Sahara, as far as you, I could see in any direction, probably 70 were a camel with an armed machine gun guard on the top of the ridge. So it was like this, it almost looked like, you know, the camel cigarettes thing, but like with a blue background. Right, yeah, yeah. And I was like, it, the, the most surreal moment of my whole life was that moment sitting there looking around going, holy shit, we're in the middle of the desert. We've just pulled this thing off. It's going to work. The lights are lit up. The cameras are going. And then it was just like, boom, Red Hot Chili Peppers show. Hard Great set, magic, by the way. Jumping and like flipping and doing all this. And then the show's over. They get fist bumps, get in the car, and it's over. And we're like out in the desert. We're like, bro, what just happened, man? Like, oh, yeah. Like, you know, holy crap. Now we got to go home. Like, but like, let's kick it for a minute here and just, you know, see. But, Did you feel like despite seeing everyone around you it this seems like this could be a target for something like did you feel safe just like in your gut did you feel safe or were you yeah, worried I, at any was, point we were so um yeah i was always in the back of my head um that it was you know listen i was on a level 11 the whole volume 11 the whole time I was there. And I had machine guns put in my face. I had a sawed off shotgun put in my face. They just do stuff different over there. And like they're nonchalant about swinging a, you know, a rusty, you know, AR 15 in your face. You're like, bro, get that thing out of my face. And you know, it's just, it's a, it's a lot, it's a different level of just, it's just human humanality over there's a different level of intensity. You know, and so every conversation is intense and everybody's always, and we're kind of like, you know, these, these, we, we're, we're like film ninjas, but at the same time, we're like super kick it, you know, like we're, we're deadheads, like, you know, like it's a little, uh, but I, I never felt unsafe and I, I kind of thrive off that, that feeling. But I mean, there was, there were moments, there was, I mean, one dude pulled a knife on a dude at the show and it was like the dude looked like the mountain, the guy that, it, you know, there are things like that moments, but I think we were, we were so razor focused on success and making the show work that it never became that. And then once it was done, it's like, shit, dude, we just did the pyramid. Somebody blows me up now. Gives <laughs> a shit, you know, like whatever, you know, like it was kind of this just, to you know up and down uh intensity level unbelievable and then good hospitality or like forget about oh, it dude the, the, so like they were i want to go back with my family it was the 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 the, the people that were help there were there were some very grumpy people and mind you there can be some very grumpy people in the united states too but the, the people that i worked with 
are not only people that I like would be friends with that I would, that, that I would trust with my children. And, and there were the kindest, you know, like this, the food and the culture and everything they, they treat us like family is just sick. Um, but, well, I mean, I'm sure it wasn't lost on you. Just the thought that like the, when they were building those pyramids, if they knew that 2000 plus years later, there'd be a chili peppers concert, they would think it was aliens. They wouldn't even know what that meant. Like it's just such an extreme degree there was the massive lighting structure above them. I mean, just such different worlds coming together was well, insane think, to watch. You know, we thought about that. We, we talked, we were like, you know, I was joked. We were like, hey, you know, this is the big roost. Flea's actually going home. You know, like this, the, the top's going to come off the pyramid and, you know, Flea's going to go up and join his alien, you know, family and, and all that kind of stuff. And, but at the same time, it was this um, uh, overwhelming sense of, cool that um uh we done something there that was literally a piece of history on that and like how how humbly uh you know because we're, we're we try to be we our, our motto at seven cinematics is literally hall water chop wood we try to be as humble we we love it we our passion for it is intense we tell great stories but when it boils down to it, we're super humble. And I, I want to, I want to always have that feeling of excitement on every gig that I go on so that it's, you know, that I have that excitement for the, just the art of it, you know, but yeah, dude, it was big. I mean, the weight of it was immense. And the fact that we were there doing something that was literally like a timestamp in history on a place that's such a, it's, it's, it's mind it, it, I still can't conceptualize the brevity of that place. It, it doesn't make any sense. So what we could do was just do our thing there. And then, you know, I've got the rest of my life to figure out what the hell we did, <laughs> you know, like it was, it, but it was, it was, it was a powerful feeling. We all felt the the energy of like, man, you know, like we're doing something that like timestamps this yeah, pretty cool. Wow. Hey everyone, thanks for listening and hope you're enjoying the show. Some of you may know that I run an industry newsletter called the Nashville Briefing. Really takes you to the front row of everything happening in our industry. And if you want to learn more about it, you can go to nashvillebriefing.com to subscribe. Also, if you're enjoying this show and specifically this episode, please feel free to give us a five-star review on your podcast listening platform. Thanks so much. Now back to the show. Okay, so seven cinematics, typically in the process when we're not shooting the pyramids. How are do how early do people come to you, or are you are, do they come to you with ideas, or do they ever come to you and say, "Hey, we want to do something big and cool. We don't know what. We'd love to brainstorm." What does the process typically look like? Well, we're you know we're like you know we pride ourselves in being concept to completion. We love the the we're very collaborative, but we love being a part of the creative um, process. I mean, there, we, you know, we fancy ourselves. Ultimately we joke that we're like the, the ultimate high end wedding caterer. We put on a <laughs> rad party. Um, but you know, if the bride and the groom end up breaking up or we don't give a shit who gets married or how it happens or who pays for it or whatever, we're cool. We're just here to put on a great party, you know? And um, so, but I think, you know, uh, 
there are varying different levels. I mean, you know, I'm working with um, Jimmy Buffett right now on a really unique and special project that we're going to be launching this um, spring. Um, and it's just me and him, you know, working on it and some input from some of his team. Um, but it's really intimate. It's really special. And it's just he, he and I, and he's, you know, it's one of my idols and a friend and something that we're um, really working closely on. Um, and he comes to you and he says, I have this idea, help me flesh it out. Or he says, I would love to talk about an idea with you. What can we do? Something big and fun. Like, like how, like what, when he comes to you, what, what does he come to you with? Um, you know, he, he got really interested in, you know, this has been a 10 year process with us. He got, he got really interested with, with the work that we've done. Um, he got really interested. I, 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 I came up with some really awesome ideas that we're going to come up that are going to happen over the next, you know, maybe as big as, you know, I don't, I don't know if anything will ever be as big as the first pyramids, but there's, these are big ideas, um, to, you know, uh, you know, um, do over the next 10 years as he kind of winds down. I mean, he's, you know, 72, he's still vibrant and just one of the best people on the face of the planet. Um, and still a kid at heart, but, um, so it came with some ideas and it kind of evolved. And then we've, um, we, we really wanted to figure out a way without giving too much away that, um, we could service the fans in a very authentic Jimmy Buffett way. Uh, we wanted to, uh, figure out a way to, uh, drive some revenue so that obviously, you know, Mr. Buffett is, is a very um, wealthy and he did the great businessman and there's there, but a way to um, put money back in the crew to keep on his full staff all the time. So I'm not coming in as like a, you know, an outsider, hey, I'm taking your business. I'm coming in as like, Hey, Hey guys, I'm here to make sure that you guys go back to business when it all gets back to normal. Right. Is, is, is more that, and I'm kind of here to come up with cool, creative, um, you know, wacky and genius ideas that um, we're going to pull off and, you know, multiple different types of media and things like that. And then, you know, we did, um, uh, you know, Machine Gun Kelly with No Cap, and we worked really closely with uh, uh, Kells on that and um, really like crafted that whole thing to launch his album and that was a great um, uh stream by the way and and such a such a great record they put out but that was, that was oh, really fun to watch he really really was and he is um you know i'm a super big fan now um you know he is uh uh he'll probably uh deny if i say it, but he's such a he's such a he's 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 everything he's all rock star and he's all that but he's also a really kind dude too and he's really creative and really uh talented and really smart and really um poignant in his actions if that makes sense and uh, so i enjoyed working with him and um, i think we came up with something really cool and, you know and then there's other projects where we come in and we're just we're more like uh brick and mortar we're like more support for the back end where we kind of like you know we're foundational where we come in and, and, and help other people live out their creative um, dreams. I mean, we did, um, you know, I was really proud of this. We did a Tiesto and Billy Strink 
Fence and Tantrums, and uh, one of our favorite places, Red Rocks, which is just you know gorgeous. Yeah, what's the best venue to shoot in? If I can ask really quickly, it's is Red it, Rocks. I mean, is it I, Red Rocks? You know, us, you know, that's I, I, and there's so many reasons why, but like one magic always happens there. It's absolutely as as stunning as the pyramids being there. Um, the bands are always in the best mood and they play well there. But it to me, I just feel better. Like I love Colorado. I love that that altitude, that atmosphere, the weather, like everything. I always feel like I'm just, I just have a great day every time that I'm up there. So it's always like, you know. Probably the lack um, of oxygen to the brain. Yeah, the maybe. Idea. I don't know. You know, or, you know, you know, other Colorado related things. You have no idea, you know, but it's, um, it, you know, up there, it just seems, you know, we all, we all perform. I think my whole team performs well there. We always like, you know, we, we had the moment with, with Billy strings, like there's no crowd. Um, he was on, we were on, we, we operate. We're not different than a band. I mean, we, we, we have good nights. We have great nights. We have bad nights. We miss notes. We, you know, flub songs. We do that. We're, we're organic just like that. But, you know, that's, that's our philosophy too, is that we're telling a story along with the artist. We're, we're performing just as the artist performing. We're not like doing this sports crap. We're just factually doing, we're telling a story, a real time story as they're telling it through their music. I mean, I think, you know, you, you being a music fan, we all can agree that, you know, music is a church like experience when 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 served up correctly you go in you go to a fish show or a dead show or a metallica show or a tool show or a whoever whatever you like and you go in and you leave your mortgage and you leave coronavirus and you leave uh this and that and this and that at home and you say take me for two and a half hours you say i want to go on a trip i don't want to worry about my problems. I don't want to worry about my past. I don't worry about anything. You control, you puppet string me for, for two and a half hours. And so, you know, and listen, I'm no musician and we'll, we, we will never uh, be able to recreate a true, the energy of 25,000 people being together. It's just, you can't do it. And I don't want to do it. Now right. I want to get 85% of the way there so that I can get, and especially now with COVID is I feel it almost a duty to get the music back to the people because music to me is again, church-like it's, it causes happiness. It causes release of endorphins. It causes all of these positive things that humans need interactivity wise. Um, and, you know, um, so that is, you know, I think it's really powerful for us to do that right now. What is, because obviously that element that you can't recreate is that communal element of like, holy shit, there's 25,000 of us here together experiencing it. But I was rewatching the Chili Peppers thing last night at the pyramids. And I, I'm not just saying this. I was like, this is the closest I'm, I've felt to being at a real concert in a long time, to having that feeling of excitement. And I don't know because of just how epic that was, or I love the Chili Peppers. I'm a big Chili Peppers fan. But how do you capture that? Or do you say, let's just shoot a badass thing to no, compensate? No, it's, it's, how, how, how do you pull it? What do you think about? How, how do you think about that? 
it, when we're when we're crafting each of this and it's all extremely we're super nerds when it comes down to this like we're thinking like bring me into this a little bit what's the secret and, you know we're not not the secret but what's a lot the of, a lot of experience in doing things the hard way every every sports camera is built to do things the easy way with a button and digital and it's like zoom and this we wiped every bit of that away and made it cinematic. So every hand pull focus, everything is operated by a human being. Uh, the jibs are moving, every shot's moving where there's a combination and, and, and a thought, well thought out combination of ultra prime lenses to where the, the shot, the, it's a very shallow depth of field. I want you to feel when, 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 when Flea hits the base like this or slaps it like that, I want you to hear it, see it and feel it in that shot. I want you to hear it, see it and feel it because you, when you sound sells video with, with video, um, video is nothing without sound. Okay. And, and sound can live without video, but video sells the sound too. So when he's boom, slaps it like this and then Chad hits the, the, the symbol, I want you to feel that in here. That's what gives you the, 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 the soundgasm experience. And, it's about us cutting the show and getting in a rhythm with the band so that it feels like one piece. It doesn't, it's not what just, does that mean? Not just it, documenting it. We are part of the show. And it's, you know, the Chili Peppers is here, 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 here. And it's fast and, and, and going up tempo and down tempo and, and, and being able to move. And then with the Averitt brothers, it's, it's about slowly pushing and watching Joe Kwan's strings vibrate as it goes across the thing. So you get those moments and it's like more of a symphonic thing or with, you know, uh, Tiesto and, and, and music, I mean, and EDM, you know, we're overlaying graphics on top of it. We're cutting to the beat We're we're, we're, you know, things are, things can, can pulse and happen in the moments and drop. Um, it's, we're going to tell a story, man. And, and, and it's, and it's, it's using this, 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 this thing we have, um, built that is a story machine. You know, it's, it's a really pretty story machine and we've figured out how to, um, you know, live broadcast it to the world. And as of now, not many people, I don't think anybody's figured out how we do it. And I don't, it, as soon as we, as soon as they do, we're going to try to be six months, two years ahead of them. So in other words, by having your team operate everything much more manually, that gives them much more creative expression in the moment or that allows, or does that give a feeling of, of more human feeling analog? I think, versus I think it, like I think what? It, yeah, totally. It makes it feel organic in that way. It doesn't feel contrived. It doesn't feel like, you know, not that the production of the Grammys is great. And, and, you know, the production on the voice is the, is great, but it, it doesn't feel like the Oscars where it's like slow push in and it's, it's, it, it, it's a, it's a, it's an organism just like the band's an organism. And so we can, we can lock in with them and, and magic can happen. And listen, sometimes we're off rhythm with them and it happens. Um, you know, I don't know if the fan knows it as much as we know it, but 
when, when my guys lock in. And that's why we build long-term, we build staff, we build, um, all my guys are on salary. We have guys working with me for 10 to 12 years. And literally you have to train even, even George, George, who I have fancy is one of the best, the, the touring director of Chili Peppers is one of the best directors on the face of the planet. But now he works with us. He's got to come to our side on the styliness of it and the stylistic way we do um, things. And he's, you know, I'm learning from him and he's learning from me and it's very, you know, collaborative, but we're all about, you know, building the team for long-term, not coming in and hiring subcontractors and just doing the same thing every week. Each production that we do is a different show. Everyone has done a different way. Everyone's done a different uh, lenses, different thoughts, different, emotions and it you know that's what keeps us unique and, and hopefully keeps getting us hired and something that i think you'd say like maybe the fans don't notice but we notice i think it's something where the fans probably not going oh look at this manual shot with the lens but but subconsciously you hope that they're saying this is an amazing experience and I, you maybe even hope that they don't even know why it's an amazing experience because then they're analyzing it too much but they just feel that in their gut this is an incredible concert experience right that's the goal i think it's a feeling and I, I think i think you shouldn't consciously know that you should just like it right you know it should just be organic it, it totally um should be uh totally an experience just like the music you like when a new song that comes on that you've never heard and you're like i don't know what this is but i like it and i like how it's making me feel and i like the connection it's like you know and it's also, it's also kind of like that, you know, the feeling I remember being at my best friend Carter Griffin's house when I was like eight years old and we were playing Lego city and his brother comes in at like three o'clock bloodshot eyes and real tired and real sleepy from a dead show. He's like, I've been up all night. He's like, I got to teach you kids something. And he puts an American beauty and I heard sugar Magnolia for the first time. And every time I hear sugar mag, I can smell the carpet, the shag carpet down in the basement of yeah. this place because it's like a wormhole. And, you know, I think it should be, you know, just try to keep it as authentic and organic and as real as a, a human being playing an instrument. We're playing the instrument too. And if, we, if we're in tune and we get it, then it's going to be a, you're going to talk about it for, for weeks. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, go back where you're saying the interconnectivity, you know, with the Avid brothers and they're, they're, their fans are just amazing and, and really an honor to work with not only great people as the Avid brothers, but great people as their fans. The, the night that we did the, the first drive-in show, the comments and the people, just the community element that way was something that I'd never really seen people having concerts in their backyard and people thanking you for saying I'm immunocompromised and I got I felt like I had a show I felt normal for one night like it felt like my I had some friends over that you know we've been in our bubble and we drank beer on the back porch and put it up on a sheet and like we all danced and played like nothing was wrong and damn if that's not a special feeling for me you know I know it, I'm not performing but Hey, you know, I had a little part of, of someone else's happiness and someone else's joy is 
man, that's, that's what we're doing it for. I mean, and that's what all the hard work of all the organicness and all the, the extra stuff we do. We can, sure. We could real easy to push the button and zoom and this, but no, we do it the hard way, the, the, the craft way. And it pays off. So when you yeah. see, when you see all these artists and some of them pretty well-known big name artists, you know, broadcasting on their Instagram phone, doing the Instagram live streams, that's got to just piss you off, right? That's got to. It hurts my, it, it, it makes me shake my head. I was, I was pretty, um, and don't get me wrong, I understand the need to connect with your fans. I understand that, and you know, artists needs it too. You know, like the artist needs, I, I saw it in, in, in Mr. Buffett, you know, he's such a kind and loving and fun and adventuresome and non-egotistical at all, but they're performers. That's what they do. They perform for people. If they don't get that feedback, it kind of like withers them up. And I understand that side of it. I get it. It's totally makes sense. Um, but I think a lot of them hurt the brand of the band and you know, None of us want to see, and listen, I will call this person out and I probably will end up working with him and I have much love for them. I've never worked with them, but when Charlie Puth did Global Citizens and did not make his bed, he didn't make his bed. And Do you I know was something? I was thinking the same thing and it was low me. quality. I'm like, dude, like, like, whoa, like, I don't want to see that far into your life. I want to see... <laughs> I want to, don't, don't, let's, let's not ruin the, we're all human. It's fine. I, please don't ruin the illusion of what I love about you. You know, it's like what they say, never meet your, your meet your hero. Right. Yeah. You know? yeah. And it's like, um, and, and that was the part that like some of the management and, and some of the things out there, people rushed. They went too fast. It was too much, too fast. And, you know, I think it could have been, um, I, I saw this thing coming in January. I called my, my head of a and uh, uh, Mark Zeno and my other a &R, Jason Lewis. And I said, guys, get ready. It's coming and we're, it's going to, it's going to end. And we better, we better be ready for this, this, this pulse. Um, I didn't know exactly how it's going to happen or when it's going to happen, but it was like, dude, it's coming. And then April happened and it was just like, I was waving. I, let's, I won't name any names, but heads of industry, the heads of our industry on all genres. I'm going, guys, hey, I have a solution. I have it here. One, it requires you to slow down. Two, it requires you to listen. And three, it's very simple. Just stay on the band's brand. If you can stay on the band's brand, we're good. But when you rush in some thing, and do something it, it 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 hurts the overall longevity so i would much rather do less shows and have them be more impactful than rush to do it and bro on march 10th it was like you know you know billy that sold burritos in the lot it's now billy's burritos and live streaming like like it was like this rush to live streaming all of a sudden, which is great for my industry, 
great for my um, company, great for the, the exposure and the, but same time, I'm like, guys, and I told him, I said, we're not doing any of it. I'm not chasing this dragon until it's, um, uh, you know, until it's fully baked. Let's not eat the cake when it's not done yet. And we did, and we sat through, and we turned down a lot of offers, and we turned down a lot of things. And, um, you know, I think we won. We might have lost a couple battles, but we won the war. And you saw this coming down the pipeline just because – because you said you saw this in January. You just were – because I remember reading about it, and I remember thinking, yeah, but that will never come over here. Like, I remember my that mom thought. Is, you, my you, mom is an infectious disease. Uh, she, she was a pediatrician that worked on, like, the front line of incoming people from around the world. And we, t- we had a conversation about it. I think it was, like, late January, early February. I was like, this thing could be interesting and bad and not a good way, right? And she's like, yeah, it 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 could come and it could it could cause everyone. And I'm like a germaphobe anyway. Yeah, me I, too. I was worried about it like in January and like traveling with Matt. Like I wasn't wearing a mask yet, but like just super psycho washing my hands and, and doing all that kind of stuff. And um, and uh, yeah, and like you know, I I I've I wouldn't say I was like prophetic in it. I was just like, guys, this could happen and this could really affect what we're doing. I didn't see it on March 10th. I was like, dude, everybody, we're going to hold off. We're going to put all of our money in Los Angeles. We're going to put all of our money in, in Nashville to be close to the artist. And I did that in March, trying to figure out what uh, was going to happen. And we just, you know, we, we just put the right stuff in the right places and it seemed to work out. So at this point today, if you're a label artist, if you have any kind of brand recognition, is there any excuse to be live streaming on your iPhone on Instagram? I mean, maybe you do the quick thing, but at this point today, I still see people doing it who are massive names. Is there any excuse for that? Is it too expensive uh, to, what, what's, the, what's the issue? Why, is, why are people not getting us? Well, it's okay to interact with your fans. It's okay to use social media in the way that it's supposed to, to keep people updated and keep people, you know, thoughtful and keep people, you know, all of those pieces of the puzzle. And now I've got my dog. Holy crap. <laughs> outside. Um, and um, the, uh, you know, I, I don't even know how, uh, uh, you know, it, it, so back to the point, it's, it's, the answer is, no, you can, you can do, please inter, in, engage with your fan. Please talk with them. Please let them know what you're doing. Let you know you're writing music, engage with them. Use social media in the, the proper way, in the proper format for um, uh, that. But let's not, let's keep the music sacred. Let's keep your brand sacred. Let's, let's, let's think about and craft ideas that are going to be um, well thought out and on brand that we can make money off of. And listen, you know, the fans have to understand and we love the fans. They love the fans, but we can't just, the industry will not survive if we just give everything away for free. And I would much rather, I think the fan would much rather save up for a couple of couple key experiences during the year that are really well thought out and really sound good 
really look good and really give you that moment of, of escapism that we were talking about earlier. And, you know, you know, I think, you know, and I didn't do this one and I kind of wish I did. Um, but I thought the Billie Eilish one, uh, thing was really cool. Um, it was very on brand for her. It fit, it felt, um, you know, and I'm not a big XR guy. I, you know, I've, do, I've done a bunch of it, but it's not like, seems like, you know, it's music, you know, why, why are we, let's, let's keep it pure. But I really thought that was a, that was a good one. I, I um, uh, thought that was a nice deal. I love Billie Eilish. I think she's incredible and I'd like to do things like that, but they waited, they were patient. She didn't do, you know, too much other stuff and they did a thing and that's what other artists need to do. And yeah, yeah, uh, be happy to do it for them. You know, I just saw it. There was a, there was a, like a household artist. I just saw doing a live stream a couple weeks ago and the, it was a single shot camera thing. The camera wasn't clear. The drummer was more in focus than the guy was. And it felt like th this is at least get a couple cameras that are moving that, at least put your guy in focus so the drummer isn't clearer than your guy is. It just felt so minimal. And maybe that's, maybe in some way that was the point to have this I connectivity think, feeling, but. Yeah, I think people are trying, like, you know, music guys are tech guys. They like cool things, they like gadgets, they like things. It doesn't mean that, like, listen, I think guitars are beautiful. I, I have guitars. I cannot play one to save my life okay and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do that you know i trust you the musician to play the music this is what i've built my career on is building pretty pictures and stories and doing all that don't like let's not it, what at least in what i'm doing is movie making and storytelling and it's a legitimate business that i've put my entire career and training and everything, everything, you know, Gilliard's worth of Berkeley's music's worth of education into doing. And let's, you know, let's let the people do, you're not going to let, you know, the, you know, the hot dog vendor run your front of house audio. Are you right? It's not going to work. Like and you, you're not going to like, do, like, so let's, you know, I'm not saying that you can't interact with your fan. I'm not saying you can't do things and have, you know, experiences with them and use social media. But if you're going to do this and, and charge somebody for it, let's give them a freaking show. Let's give them something they've never seen before. And they're not ever going to see again. Absolutely. Well, I won't keep you too long before I leave around. I'm just curious in your mind, can you give me a couple? What's the what's the best concert film? Like classic concert film? What 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 do you always go to, or is there one that you always well, reference? You know, when it comes to like uh, a film, film, it's The Doors. I love the The Doors with with Val Kilmer playing. Um, That's a great movie, actually. And it's, and it's like you know, partially you know, in college, I'd, I'd you know come home from having fun and, and we'd all watch that movie, but it's, 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 you know, it's such a connection there. Um, uh, well, let's say concert film. Let's say concert film. The, the, the Led Zeppelin song remains the same. The, the one the original seven. That is my favorite one. It's, 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 
I'm a Zep head like that. I'm number one, you know, that like, that's my, there's nothing greater and better. And that movie, um, I was looking, it's weird. I was looking at pictures um, from Frank Malfi, like from, I don't know if it's that show, but like Zach era. And I'm like, dude, I mean, it's just, it'll make it like that. In- Why is that one so good? That one blows my mind every time I watch it. And I feel What's like so I'm there. It, here's what's so cool about it is that it was, it's old enough that they were using film cameras. Okay. It wasn't the like eighties where it's like digital garbage that hadn't evolved yet. Like, cause now we've got these red and, and red cameras and RE cameras that are real true digital film cameras. They were, these were like the old RE flex and like film cameras. So it has that cinema look in it, but it's fucking raw and it's rock and roll and it's real. And they cut to like, you know, there's that one weird psychedelic scene where they like. Do you like that? Because every time those would happen, yeah, I would always feel like, you know, can we get back? Some of them are good. Like, I love the one where the manager, oh, I can't think of what the manager's name is, is like doing a mobster scene. Like, some of that stuff yeah. is kind of fun. Yeah. And what I really loved is they were so careful with what they showed you in that documentary because there's a yeah. the scene where I can't think of what the manager's name is. He's like the biggest manager in rock and roll. Um, there's, a scene where he's, there's a scene where he's like beating up some guy verbally because he screwed yeah. something up. And like they put that in so intentionally to show you how yeah. high maintenance they were. Like yeah. everything about it is just fun. Well, and, and, and like that, you know, is, um, it, it's, it, you know, that's like, they don't make it like that anymore. And that's like what we pay reverence to, you know, and um that's like you know what we pay reverence to and and um but there's some good ones out there and some bad ones out there too there's some there's some stuff that'll you know you're like man are you serious like holy crap but um yeah i like it like you mean greta van fleet you know who's i tried to get josh to come on the show and and uh we did and they're they're they you know I have massive amounts of respect for them now too, but they came to the studio, you know, we did a Red Rock show that we just released for them. Like, Do you feel pressure? Song remains the same. Your favorite concert movie. You're shooting the closest thing to a 21st century Led Zeppelin. Do you feel a pressure to kind of recreate some of that magic? Are, are you yeah, referencing shots in, in yeah, Song Remains the Same? What we did. Um, and I feel, I, I feel in our own way, we pulled off some things that, um, I will put it this way when I saw what Ben, my editor did, I was like, fuck, yes, like, yes, like this. So we did, so they came in our studio and we, we cut it into four parts to help launch their single and ultimately, you know, uh, some new work. And uh, so we, 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 um, we cut it into four parts, which I thought was a really neat idea from Aaron, but the whole band was in there. And there's this part, he's like, well, it's time to get dark and sinister here. We're going to take you on a little trip. It's like real Doors-esque. And, you know, he's so talented and they're all so talented. And I like, I fucking loved it. I loved every moment of a four-piece rock and roll band at Red Rocks. Just, I just getting it. I mean, just, just ripping it. And they come and he's like, you know, we kind of dig the psychedelic thing. And I'm like, Oh, really? You do, hey? <laughs> I'm like, right on. I was like, well, can we play? Can we, can we, can we go full psychedelic on this thing? And he's like, absolutely. And so we went full. We did um, this 
it's it's this intense kaleidoscoping effect with um vintage they were shooting reflex stuff like eight eight mil and 16 mil stuff over and we did these overlays and we pushed to have some gels and i, I liked it with the gels or the oil the liquids and, it, and they didn't like it as much but i like that version better but you know but this this like the way that that we edited this with this kaleidoscoping effect in in the way that we made the psychedelics happen through this song is yeah i think it stands up it's uh it's i'll send it to you um right after i would love to see it yeah, unbelievable so. i feel like we could have done two or three or three of these let me ask you before you run where where do you keep your emmys uh well i got one right here <laughs> i got one right here do you so have them scattered out like you know stay at the union you don't want them all in one place you know, in case. It, you know my wife tries to keep my you know my ego and confidence in check so she she moves them around the house to you know to to piss me off and to, to, you know, at the same time to, you know, just keep me quelled. And um, I'm kidding. She's, she's totally chill. And, uh, uh, I usually keep them in here and then up in my office and, you know, um, go up there where the kids, you know, hopefully can't break them too much. So I got absolutely five year old and they're just like me. So they, they raise hell. Unbelievable. Okay, seven cinematics. If anybody wants to get in touch, if they if they want you to record a band, if the, what's what's the process? What what do they need to do? Reach yeah, out. How they do it? Call me or Mark Zeno or um, uh, or Jason Lewis, and uh, you know, go to our website um, sevencinematics.com and and check us out. We're you know, I'm one of those dudes that, you know, it always shocks people. They call us up and I pick up the phone. They're like, wait, what? And I'm like, yeah, dude. I'm like, you, you get you get what you, you ask for around here. So uh, give us a ring and we'll uh, uh, do something amazing. We, we, you know, keep it on brand and um, craft something for um, something special. Absolutely. Have we said it all? What's been unsaid? Okay. Have we left well, anything out? All, then what, what else is there left to say, man? We got We got to keep something for the next time. We've right? got it. We've got to leave one more. Thank you so much for taking the time. This this was a blast. I love talking about this stuff. I can talk about these these uh, these concert shootings all day. Stay well out there, and I I hope to see you guys shooting at a show sometime soon. I don't know when, but well, I, I hope I'll see you at some about, point. Well, next time we can talk about Jack White spray painting the Ryman. But we'll do that. We'll do that next. We'll, we'll do that next time. And it wasn't my fault. Okay, Les, I did not plan that. Okay, I did not. It was not me. And I was just as horrified as you were. Okay, that was not part of the plan. But that's got to be That was amazing. not part of the when plan. You, it's, when you, you shoot know, the rhyme, that's Jack White. It's never part of the freaking plan. You know, it's never so, part of the plan. That's got to be amazing, right? When you do the still rock and roll, roll. It's still rock and roll, but it's <laughs> not part of the plan. <laughs> Uh, who do you think has the best because jack white was just on snl who do you think of all the late shows i don't know if you even can say this is there a late show that you think shoots live music the best between snl i guess fallon colbert you look at one and you say or do you you think snl does a good job carson daly carson daly late late with carson daly carson daly gets music and if you watch his like he allowed individual producers and film guys to come in and shoot these things and send them in. And I always love the music on Carson Daly's late night, late night show. Super, super good. Do you and think like, SNL does it well? 
I think they do it well for a pro, uh, a program show. Um, I was really blown away the other night uh, with um, uh, um, Jack White America's or it was America's Got Talent the other night. It was like, I'm like, whoa, like, honey, come and check this out. I was like, XR is like, finally, I've saw, saw XR done in the right way. It was, it was, it was pretty insane. I, I mean, I, I, I tend to like it, you know, you know, chill Fallon, you know, I, I love the Fallon show. I love Conan. I love all those, but like, you know, SNL has, you know, there's been some epic performances on SNL. I think, I think more than, more than the actual filming of it, the performances on SNL have always just been exemplary and that performance, you know, plays through it. Right. I thought the strokes were great this past weekend. I thought that was a rocking performance. I love the strokes and I love the, uh, you know, new, new band I got um, on is uh, the, um, the struts. I've got love the struts. struts Have you done anything with the struts? No, I want to. Hey struts, call me. Let's do something. <laughs> Let's go struts. Somebody at vector has got to reach out. Let's go. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, it's, I didn't know the struts were at vector. I'm doing a project with them right now. So cool. We're, hey, hit them up. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> they, rock, right, they rock. Stay well. Thank you so much. Thank Talk you. to you soon. Thanks for tuning in. And thanks again to Adam for taking the time to come onto the show and I'm going to watch Song Remains the Same tonight because, man, do I love that film, and I'm probably going to think about it a little bit differently right now. So check it out. If you've never seen it, by the way, it's such a great film. Led Zeppelin, The Song Remains the Same, live in Madison Square Garden. you got to check it out. Okay, here we go. The Zach Kuhn Show is mixed by Sam Heyman, and our theme music is by Justin Johnson. If you want more content from us, you can subscribe to my newsletter at nashvillebriefing.com or you can follow us on socials, everything at Nashville Briefing. If you want to follow me on Instagram, I am Zach Kuhn Official, Z-A-K-K-U-H-N Official. Follow me, see what I'm up to. I'm up to all kinds of stuff. Stay involved, stay in the loop, be cool, be hip, get into the flow. That's it. That's all I got this week. I'm out. We'll see you next time. Have a great one. Bye.